hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again. I'm so excited to have an incredible guest on today who uh, I've been really looking into his stuff and diving deep into it. He has some incredible just mindsets. <laughs> Thank you so much. For and sure. uh, he's just an amazing guy all around. And let me just introduce Sam Led. Hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm a transformational coach and soon to be author. And um, I launched a podcast a little bit over a year ago, and it's taken a life of its own. It's called The Fearless Now. And, you know, I was interested, interesting, I, my virtual assistant, Kate, hey, Kate, she listens to my podcast too. She's, she's a health and wellness nerd too. She, nice. she was going, she looks for podcasts that are really heart centered, that kind of are a Venn diagram when it comes to health and wellness and, and what's important in our life when it comes to longevity and um, diet and um, mental health. And she saw your podcast. She saw your Instagram. She's like, you need to go talk to him. <laughs> She's like, that's awesome. And then, and then uh, it's all history. So here I am. And thank you for having me on. It's, it's such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. And, and let me just say, after listening to your podcast as well, that was one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on was just, I can tell your heart is, and your passion is in what you're doing, you know, and, and you're really doing it from a point of view of service, you know, for others. And, and that's where I come from as well. You know, um, I think when you, kind of have like a history where you've worked through it, you know what it feels like to be in that position. And you're able to really provide so much to people, um, even just on not, not even receiving anything in return, but just like knowing that you help someone out. And I really appreciate that from you. And I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. And it is, it's, it's a labor of love. And I think um, if I can make a living doing what I love and it's, it's not, there's no labor. Yeah. It's labor free. It's, it's just, I mean, my days, like I pinch myself, like the days go by so quickly. I'm like, what did I just do there? <laughs> oh, yeah, I talk, to the, talk to this guy, talk to this guy. Yeah. And, and it is. And I think that's, if you, if, if you can find what you love and it does, it's not at work. Yeah. It's just a lot 100%. of hours yep, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. I think uh, let's just go ahead and kind of introduce you a little bit more to the uh, viewer or listeners here. So let's start off with something simple. Where did you grow up and where do you live now? I live in beautiful Santa Barbara, California. I'm spoiled to live yep, here. Yep. I can't, yeah, you know. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's uh, been here uh, 20 years. Basically, I feel like I've been here all my life. But uh, I grew up, I was born in Connecticut, grew up um, on Long Island Sound um, and South Florida. I went to school. Um, back in Florida, college, uh, UF, and uh, also um, high school. So I kind of, I'm, I'm a bi-coastal, I'm a Southern Yankee, Yankee Californian. <laughs> and awesome. the interesting thing is, yeah, I mean, uh, I have almost more relatives that, that, that are from like Florida of all places and California than from Connecticut. Um, and, but yeah, I, we still have family in Connecticut. We still, and my parents' family live uh, in Florida, and, and I have my sister and her family live in New York, and I have an um, an aunt in, in the Bay Area. So I'm all we're scattered, but yeah, but, but Santa Barbara is really, um, you know, my heart's here, and I fell in love here a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a serendipitous place, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I came out to Santa Barbara um, serendipitously, like sounds like what you did with your with your in your um, in your journey. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, Santa Barbara doesn't find you. 
I mean, sorry, you don't find Santa Barbara. Santa right, Barbara right. Finds you. It's just so total serendipitous. I did that backwards. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> and and so um, I opened up a, a health and wellness, alternative health and wellness practice. Oh, cool. Um, I do a lot of, I, some people call it woo-woo medicine. I call it um, Reiki, light therapy, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, laser acupuncture. I opened that up uh, in 2007 and it kind of morphed into coaching, but I've always been into coaching. I've always... Um, sat down with people and said, had a conversation, like two blokes, like you and I sitting down. Yeah. And I got that from, I have a master's degree, graduate degree in conflict resolution, public policy work. And my past life, before I moved to California, I was living in the uh, District of Columbia in DC. Okay. So yeah. I, was doing, I was doing health policy work, working for think tanks. Uh, and I was basically working myself to death. Uh, not because the work was so intensive is because of the stories I kept telling about, I'm not good enough to be in DC because everyone's smarter than me. I'm not, um, I don't have a, you know, a, an angle. I don't have a political angle. Right. I'm, you know, I'm more on the left side. Um, and, and, and I don't even know, sometimes it shifts. And those stories were habitual stories that kept unraveling around. Yeah. And, and uh, my partner at the time, her and I, uh, she got a, a job with uh, the County of Santa Barbara. Uh, you know, she does fiscal, she did fiscal policy work, boring stuff, you know, analyst stuff. And um, I, I got a job. I was wanted to get out to California. My sister lived in, in LA at the time in uh, North Hollywood, uh, pursuing the acting thing. Like they all do after college, if you're in a theater major, yeah, yeah. either New York or LA. And so I, I um, we hightailed out of, of the district, um, on a, in a Volkswagen Passat, <laughs> drove 2,800 nice. miles. Nice. And as, I, as, as, as we kind of crossed into New Mexico, I remember this, and this is, I'm going to shorten the story because I'm, it's, I'm nothing special, but it was just <laughs> kind of like this feeling of calm that came over me once we mm. crossed the Rio Grande, once we kind of, the continental divide kind of feeling. Yeah. Hmm. This feels nice. This feels right. Wow. And I, I felt at home. I mean, it, look, life's not perfect. We, I've, you know, I've been divorced. I've had all kinds of stuff happen in, in Santa Barbara, good, bad, and indifferent, but I am still here and, and I love my work. Um, and thankfully the work that I did in DC prepared me um, in terms of speaking about mental health. Cause I was a, um, did mental health policy work for um, department of human services within the district of Columbia, um, some high stakes stuff. Um, and I worked for, you know, I did uh, stuff with, um, uh, folks with uh, major disabilities, you know, uh, neurological and developmental disabilities on the policy end, on yeah. the money end. And that kind of got me prepared to kind of tackle, um, coaching in a way that I never thought I'd be sharing with people. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Getting really vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sharing my story, sharing my own, you know quirks and features, my, right. my own, my own, uh, um, frailties mm -hmm. in a way that, um, it's kind of turned into a dream, which I never thought, you know, this is the kind of time to do that, especially in, in we're still in a pandemic and people are still suffering, but more importantly, when I can come out with brutal honesty about my journey and then walk the walk and talk to talk yeah. because I came across coaching and I, and I, took all my tools that I learned from marketing and from policy work and from working in the other side of health, public health and seeing the disaster that our public health system's in and then packaging it up and getting trained and becoming, you know, learning these alternative modalities. 
and instead of you know going down the traditional route and, and continuing to embrace things that I didn't believe in, yeah, um, it was kind of you know my it was my awakening to to seeing like what is true in in our life versus what is made up. Hmm. Man, I love that. That's beautiful, and it's also kind of just showing like the whole road that led you here. You know, it's like. You might not have ever expected to go down the path you did, but it still led you to where you're at now. You know, <laughs> you but asked me, you asked me 20 years ago, like, would you be living in Santa Barbara, across street from the beach, uh, being a transformational coach, writing a book, and and doing light, light therapy, and yeah. having a, a brick and mortar practice in downtown Santa Barbara? I didn't even know where Santa Barbara was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, everybody knows where Santa Barbara, but like, I really didn't know anything about Santa Barbara. To, you know, over 20 years ago, before mm-hmm. I moved here, um, it was just L.A. and uh, the Bay Area. Yeah. Everything else in between. I'm like, wait, what? Who? Who? In yeah. Where? And so, um, yeah, it's like it's when those things happen, when you get really honest and present with yourself, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, yeah. OK, this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a good conversation already. But I'm I, loving I mean, this. You can shut me up, though. If I'm going no, no. Right I mean, I just enjoy hearing this, this is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you um, so but all right, let's move on. Let's see. What's, uh, what's your favorite book or at least favorite book of right now? Well, I think um, what's really gotten me through a lot of, of tough times in life is seeing the meaning in every moment and every minute of every hour of every day, getting really present with myself, even with, with issues that I, I can't fix at the time, like wh- whether it's financial, health-wise, family-wise. The book is called Man's Search for Meaning. And then, and oh it, yeah, okay, and and it's it's it was listen, it came out in '62. Mm-hmm. The pressing was in '62. Victor Frankel, to those of you that don't know, ladies and gentlemen, he was a psychiatrist who survived the the Holocaust, uh, survived the camps. He was in Auschwitz. His, his whole family perished in in the in the Holocaust in the camp, and, and he basically witnessed his family being systematically exterminated, and everyone around him, and you know, every time I kind of get caught up in a whole bunch of thinking about doom and gloom in my life, or I get a, on a thought train or what we call it a bunch of um, insecure thinking about where I'm going with my life. Mm. I kind of look at it as like, uh-oh, I'm, I'm back up in my machine code called thought. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Yeah. Thought and thinking. And I'm going to just like see and look, literally look in front of me right now and see yeah. how, how blessed I am. Um, despite myself, despite my ego telling me or my intellect telling me that, you know, that I'm, I'm an idiot and, and I can't do anything right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, uh, yeah, Victor Frankl, um, he wrote a book, another book that um, I think it's called, oh my God, help me here. Is it Yes to Life? No. You know, I actually, I only know of his, of that book, Man Search okay. for Meaning. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to look into that though, because that book yeah. is incredible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Insane. I have another book though that's even, that is, is kind of like, um, if you don't mind, it's- Yeah, no, lay it on me. It, it, there's actually, sorry, there's two more books. And I promise, <laughs> <for> okay, <laughs> I'm going to pull it out of my shelf because I'm such a nerd. Yeah, um, go for it. It's The Inside Out Revolution by Michael Neal. He, um, okay. His, he, his, his work has changed my life. It's the whole uh, focus of my coaching work. Um, and, um, and then there's one more book called Still Power. It was written by a gentleman named Garrett Kramer, who was a, um, a sports coach. He's a hockey, professional hockey coach, like oh wow, you know, like um, not not an NHL, but like minor. I don't know. Okay, minor yeah, leagues. yeah, right. And he became so. This is 
sharing the principles of the, what I do uh, share with my clients. It's called Still Power, mm-hmm. um, and it talks about clarity of mind and 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 how we're we're looking at things the wrong way. All of us, including psychologists and professionals, uh, mental health pr- practitioners that mean well, that love, to, you know, want to help. Right. I've been conditioned to look at things backwards. We've all been conditioned that way. And it's very normal because we have a brain that loves us and wants to keep us safe. That doesn't know the difference between, you know, a ham sandwich that might have E. coli on it, you know, bacterial on it, or, or a guy chasing after us with a gun. It's all fight or flight. All Yeah. Them. Yeah. And the brain doesn't care how it's going to, you know, yeah. uh, uh, make you aware of it. And, and because we don't, we weren't, uh, and I'll go into this because I know I'm going overboard here with my, my introduction, but no, you're good. Um, you know, when we see the game, the brain's playing, when we see that it's all made up and the greater the drama, the greater the illusion, mm. um, it's a freaking game changer in a way yeah. that I never thought possible because we all were, were conditioned in schooling. We were never taught how to use our equipment, especially my equipment, yeah. which is different equipment. I, you know, I'm no one special, but I have different type of equipment that I've had to really understand how it works on my own, but they, we don't, we don't learn how our brain, we, we're not taught how mind really works. hundred percent. Say, Learn these equations, right? Yes. Yes. Learn your ABCs, um, recite some Shakespeare, right. <laughs> um, learn how to take the SATs and get the hell out of here. That's right. it, ladies and gentlemen. And then, oh yeah. And by the way, we also didn't teach you the real world, what really goes on out there, how to balance a checkbook. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. And, and by the way, you know, college is expensive. So figure out how you're going to pay for it. But hey, you know, so, so <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, if I learned what I, if I, if I was um, exposed or what, if I, if I learned what I know now, I mean, it's just kind of a common cliche. But what I knew, if I knew what I know now back then, right, right. Um, I think I would suffer. I would have suffered a lot less. Mm. I would have taught, taken a lot, a lot of stuff less personally or seriously. And I think I would just have had a, a, a more kind of uh, smoother, um, less stressful um, childhood and, and young adulthood. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Look, never better late than never. So yeah, those those books I totally recommend. Um, there's also a book called The War of Art by um, Stephen Pressfield. Oh yeah. Okay, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's my Bibles, and then the Granddaddy, um, which is basically the the first book on this understanding I share. I don't call it like it's not a tool. It's not a you know it's not a technique. It's not right, tapping. Right, it, right. It's, it's how the mind really works. It's how we really work. It's built into all of us, all of us. Right. That that you know we are not the sum total of our thinking. It's, and the book is called um, "The Missing Link" by mm. uh, Sydney Banks. Um, and I just had it. What did I do with it? I'm oh, definitely going to have you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have you send those all to me, so then I can link those in the show notes because those are awesome. Oh yeah, I mean this. The game for me it was a game changer. Right. Uh, right. I don't know. You know. Again. And I'm going to say this as a disclaimer because I might ruffle some feathers indirectly, innocently. Um, that, ladies and gentlemen, do this discovery for yourself. Right. Don't don't listen to my words. Ignore what I'm saying. Actually, <laughs> Google. Do your thing. Be your own Google search. Right, um, right. And 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 if it resonates with you, great. If it's, what you're doing is wonderful and it's helpful and you don't need to change it, then great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to go with God. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those. Those are. Uh, at least two or three of them that I know of are incredible books. So great recommendations. For Did you sure read Michael? Have you read Michael Neal? Have you read Michael? Neal? No, I haven't read that one. Oh, you, 
you're going to, I mean, if, if you like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't I'm work sure for I'm going to like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've met him only met him a couple of times, but he's, um, he's a real deal. That's and awesome. He's just, a, he, yeah. He's a lovely human being too. So. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Let's see. We got one more question here. What's your favorite quote? Ooh, love it. <laughs> love it, man. Let me, let me get, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I did have it, but it fell some, uh, I actually have a, had a quote ready for y'all. Um, oh my gosh. I did have it. Wait. Oh. You know what? I'm going to, I think I have a quote on my, on you're my, good. You're good, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is Sydney Banks mm. talking about anxiety and the, the, um, the game the brain is playing, the, 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 the story that the brain is creating in real time that is all made up, 100% of it all the time. Anxiety, depression, grief, all that, whether you want to hear it or not, is the story. It's all made yeah. up. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with grieving, nothing wrong with anxiety, nothing wrong with depression, but it's all made up. Right. 100% of it. We're conditioned to think it isn't, but anyways. Um, okay. You must be neutral. If you are, then that is the best place for for you with a minimum of anxiety, you are safe, sure, and protected and isolated from feeling too much. Now, this is not about spiritual bypass. I hate that phrase. Right. It's about what really is true with, with us as human beings living in a world of thought. I will never be neutral all the time. And it's impossible because we, we, we have conditioning you know, that we go up against sometimes, but life is, is in constant flux of change. I need to experience life, all of it, the whole psychology of it. I am not here to endure life. It is a gift to be enjoyed. Hmm. So essentially what he's saying is it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to see your psychology for what it is. Right. But it's not okay to take it on. It isn't. I don't care what, what you know, I've, I've had conversations with therapists, multiple therapists, especially with my ADHD, but hmm. quote unquote ADHD. I, I, I don't look at it that way. Right. Um, and I said to him, you know, okay, so you're looking at it from a dysfunctional perspective. And this is where Sydney's St. Banks is talking about neutrality, right? You're focusing on the dysfunction. You're pulling up stuff from the PDR and the DSM five TR. God bless these books. I have nothing against them. Right. Right. You're looking at it as damage. My prefrontal cortex is damaged. My executive function is damaged. Something's not working right. Dopamine right. is being metabolized to who knows who cares. Yeah. But you're not looking at what's right with me. And yeah. You're not looking at it from neutrality. You're looking at it through the lens, a clinical lens through the intellect. And the intellect is not the space for you to find solutions to your problems or to, to do anything in life that's worth doing. It's great to, it's great for, for modulating organ systems. Your brain is great to keep you alive in that res, you know, yep. respiration sense. Yep. It's great keeping you safe when you're, when you're being chased by something or someone or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's great to get you um, driving to to the movies or to the restaurant yep. where you meet your your girl. Or you're going on a first date where you fall in love with right. the falling in love part and all that other stuff. Not the intellect. Yeah, and staying neutral when you see the brain doing its gymnastics is is what he's kind of pointing to it. But it's okay when you forget too. So yeah, no, I I think that's so beautiful. I mean, in general, I I've, I've kind of heard you mention this a few times in your podcast, but. Um, really breaking down that idea because this is uh, as a as a yoga teacher myself uh, this is something I've really looked into and that's just like 
they always say this, you know, it's like, you are not your thoughts, you know, uh, your brain is a great tool, but a terrible master, uh, all these different things. And it's just, it's so true because it, we feel it's so easy to get caught in our thoughts and just stuck in that cycle of like reacting to what we're feeling. Right. But it is at the same time, so liberating when you can sit there and just recognize when you're actually feeling something and understand that exactly. you're feeling that, but you don't actually have to react on that and, and go with it. You can right. choose to shift that, you know, and that's right. such a liberating feeling, which is, I know what you're getting at. And it's, it's, it's incredible. That's why I really love what you're, you're preaching, you know, and talking about. And for me, that took me the, that, that was the hardest. I remember when I first was introduced to how mind really works and how mm. to, it took me, actually, it took me a couple of days. <laughs> Of, of, of arguing with my partner who, you know, she's, you know, she went to USM. I don't know if you've heard of USM is um, University of Santa Monica. Yeah. Um, it's a spiritual psychology program. Okay. Oh, oh okay. So Wait, sorry. I haven't heard of that. My bad. That's okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, their, their campus, I think, yeah. University of Santa Monica They're I don't know where they are, but they're, they're in Santa Monica and they're yeah, a yeah. wonderful school and she's got her master's in spiritual psychology. So she's one step ahead of me and, in, and, you know, I'm looking at it with, looking at all this stuff. I'm like, what is this nonsense? Like, right. We're just one thought away from, you know, we're just one thought away from mental health. You know, we're not the sum total of our thinking. Right. I can go on and on with every kind of, um, you know, quote I've heard and every kind of um, mem. And, and until I kind of saw what, what these folks are pointing to. And when I saw it, I kind of got really emotional. I remember, and if I can share just briefly, I don't Absolutely. Want to, no, do your thing. Do your thing. Um, uh, it was almost three years ago. So I was straight ahead coaching, you know, um, empowerment and, and tools and techniques and, you know, um, be your own best advocate and, you know, push through it and, and resistance and all, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. God bless their hearts. And, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's mm. just, you, you can't fix thought. Let yeah. me say that again. You can't change thought. You can't do anything about thought. And the more you try, the more you suffer. Mm. And um, I don't care what, how fa famous a coach, whether it's a Tony Robbins person or Eckhart, um, not Eckhart Tolle, because he's on our side, but no, <laughs> no, there's no side. We're all on the same. <laughs> right, side. right. Um, but but once you see that our essential nature, who we are, mm. is good, is is perfect, that I've heard this, and there's a great uh, metaphor, a great kind of it's imagery, but if I can say this, it hopefully yeah. you can bleep it. Um, and this is coming from Michael Neal, who's one of my favorite coaches, my, my partner and I, and I'm going to get back to the story real quick. Yeah. Yeah. That were diamonds covered in doo-doo poop yeah. layered in and layered in lipstick were diamonds covered in poop layered in lipstick. The diamond part is our essential nature, which mm. is well-being and love. Right. Yeah. That, that we have this inner intelligence within us that's guiding us through this river of life we just right. don't pay attention to it enough and it's as, as boring as ordinary as you know driving your car through the car wash in Ventura Boulevard or wherever you are right just listening to the the water hit the suds hit your windshield or listening to your favorite piece of music or um, sitting in a yoga you know being in a yoga pose and just mm. getting really quiet or or just doing nothing watching Netflix and just having the best time dropping into the present moment as as what do they call that? The flow state. Right. Um, and, and once we see like what, how mind works, that, that the machine between our ears, this hard drive, this, this, this device that loves us and wants to keep us safe. That's not the place where we, we fall in love, become a, a yoga instructor, 
create our business that makes a million dollars or, or um, any of those things. Right. We don't write our masterpiece from our intellect. It, you know, the, the intellect has its, has, has its pros. We need the intellect. We need the brain to, to keep us alive and literally keep us alive, the machine going. But again, it's a machine. And once we can see that when we are caught up in the machinery, um, it's the beautiful, most beautiful barometer. Mm-hmm. That, that we're seeing that we're, and I, again, I, I say this in every podcast, because I would love people to really hear this, is that we are not living in a world of our outside circumstances. We're not living in a world of, of, of taxes and, 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 you know, earthquakes and, and yoga classes and arguments. We're living in a world of thought 100% of the time created by a machine that wants to keep you safe. There's another difference really between the saber tooth tiger and a ham sandwich with E. coli on it. Right. It's the same. Right. And when you can see that, when you can really see that without trying to force it. And for me, when I first saw it, I was actually in the, I was, it happened like, it was like a two-step process. This is a couple of years ago. Um, we just came back from this seminar in, down in Marina del Rey. It was um, all the teachers of, of the principals. Um, and um, I remember I'm like, what is this studs crap? <laughs> what is this yeah. stuff? Like a bunch of nonsense. And I had that, I was caught up in my judgment, you know, about mm-hmm. it. My intellect was throwing all kinds of like criticism. That's what intellect does. The intellect creates the problems and solves the problems. I mean, that's all really it does. Um, again, we need it, but it's not the whole part of us. Um, and I just remember getting really quiet and just all of a sudden I just started getting really emotional for no reason. I'm sitting there and I had the books, um, listening listening i was reading the book still power for the first time this is almost this is three years ago almost and i'm like oh wait a sec get it now like i don't have to take on every thought that i have coming through me i'm i'm not my thinking right right, right. thought is an energy as an energy system moving through us right we are not our thoughts we can't control them right and the more we try to control them the more we suffer and also having understanding that our our thinking settles on its own. Our brain has the most incredible operating system that unfortunately hasn't had a software update since like caveman times. But you probably heard that in one of my other podcast episodes that I say, but the truth is that once we see who we really are beyond the noise, underneath the noise, when we get caught up in the noise, we don't beat ourselves up for it, one. And two, the less we take it personally and seriously, Life is so much easier. Yeah. Even when things are not going right outside of us, even when we have bills overdue or whatever it is, taxes or things that feel overwhelming because the brain's like, oh, you need to take care of that. You don't want it to, you don't want this to happen. Oh, you need to take care of that. Remember yeah. what happened last time? Yeah. But it's made up. It doesn't even exist. And, and yeah. it's, it's like, so when I kind of saw that and, and the second part, I was in the shower just thinking like, my brain was like, trying to figure out what you can't, you can't figure out consciousness, the brain, the brain's the greatest translator when it comes to certain things, but the brain also acts like Google translate when it's trying to understand who we are in the form formless, not the form, but in, but who we are inside. It can't, it doesn't understand it. So it kind of becomes like Google translate. And then the brain's like, come on, that's a bunch of woo-woo stuff. Let me show you. Let me give you concrete evidence why this, this, and this is going on. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> you're like, okay, that must be real then because that's what the brain is telling me. But the brain is the greatest screenwriter, mm-hmm. greatest producer, greatest used car salesman ever. I mean, that's, I mean, and for me to see that just in that really ordinary moment of, you know, look, reading this book and then just sitting really quiet and just having this like emotional experience and then saying, my, my partner, my honey, um, I, I got it. I get it. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Without really understanding, because I don't still don't know what, what the hell is going on. Yeah. <laughs> but but I do know that it's it's underneath my thinking. <laughs> that's what's going on. So no, that's that's amazing. I I love to hear how you kind of came around to that idea. And and it's very true. It's something that can't be forced. You know, it's it's you have to hear it multiple times, I feel, before it actually clicks. And then you kind of go, oh, like that, now I get it. And it's like an accumulation of all the times you've heard it coming together and maybe being presented in a different form or a different way. And then it finally kind of settles in with you, you know? Yeah, and then you forget again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, Elemental Evan listeners. I needed to take a quick break from this episode to talk a little bit about Alitura. They are the most incredible skincare brand I have ever found and used. They have amazing quality ingredients. Everything they use is of the highest quality possible. We're talking royal jelly, uh, different kinds of bee products like bee pollen, manuka honey, as well as even very specific herbs that are great for the skin, along with some amazing clays. I love their clay mask. It is really doing wonders for my face. I try to do one at least once every week, and it's just a nice little self-love, self-care kind of date with myself. Uh, But aside from that, during the winter times, my skin gets extremely dry, and being able to apply their gold serum daily has been a total game changer for me, and I really noticed just the difference in both the look of my skin and also the feel of my skin. If you guys have not already checked out Alitura, please do so. I have them linked in the show notes and I have provided you with a 15% discount code on your first purchase. So go ahead and click the link here in the show notes. It's a great way to support the show and your skin is going to love you for it. I promise you that. This is amazing quality stuff and you will love every single thing you purchase from them. Uh, So go ahead and head on over to their website, check them out. Uh, And once again, remember, there is a code ELEMENTAL15. Go ahead and click on that. Use that and get 15% off all of your purchase. All righty, we'll get back to the show. You're back up in in your your ego and trying to, you know, I can't believe they said that to me. (laughs) How dare they? Yeah. Who who do they think they are? Do they know? (laughs) Yeah. Because again, we're dealing with a a lot of old equipment on board. Yeah, yeah, 100%. it's kind of like, I don't know, there was a study, there was, um, you know, the, the air traffic control. It's, it's kind of a, an interesting metaphor, uh, analogy. You know, our, in this country, our, the air traffic control system is very antiquated. They're, they're working with equipment that's been around, same equipment since the 70s and 80s. Whoa. Well, we think about our brain, you know, our equipment is hundreds of thousands of year old, years old and hasn't evolved. So, you know, back in caveman times, right? We lived in dirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we had, and I'm sure our gut was a little bit healthier, but even though we didn't live very long for other reasons, but, you know, it was, it was a simpler existence. You know, the man went out and hunted and protected and it was stimulus, stimulus response, stimulus mm-hmm. response right. and, and, and hunter and gatherer. And we would either chase the tiger or be eaten by the tiger. Yeah. You know, we either run or we killed it. You know, we'd run or fight it. Right. And then, and then fast forward 
to today and we're the brain doesn't know what's going on it's like okay yeah. what is this internet social media thing what is this airplane what is this it, it's literally like it doesn't know it doesn't know better mm. and and that i think that was a real game changer for me when i saw like i'm i'm much bigger than this this neuroprocessor this 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 pattern recognizer this machine this apple computer between my ears or or my android device between my ears whatever you are right. whatever you want to call it um and and it's doing its best but it the you know the intellect and the brain has its limitations it's like it's like playing um Super Mario Brothers when I grew up with, you know, Mario Brothers and then getting all the cheat codes and getting to the end of the game. And then you're basically, there's nowhere else to go. Well, that, you know, um, the brain tries to figure out all the cheat codes in life and then it hits a wall because that's not how life really works. Right. There are no cheat codes. I mean, unless you have a trust fund, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and once you see that you don't have control, like life's got you. And, um, you know, in times of change, like the, the folks that are constantly learning and constantly seeing like and evolving and getting more conscious and um, are the ones that are, are really are inheriting the earth are inheriting um, um, a life of, uh, of wonderment and discovery. And the ones that think they know everything, which is basically the ego and our intellect thinks it knows everything. And we all get caught up in the trap, all of us. I did earlier today, um, and is uh, you know it's very limited. Yeah, it's and if we continue to do that, it's 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 quite quite uncomfortable. It can lead to lots of suffering and depression and anxiety when we're just so caught up in the intellect and overthinking our thinking that yeah. we don't see the forest from the trees, and and it can end up becoming you know snowballing into mental illness. Um, so uh, for me, that was pretty much a game changer because I've been. You know, I've had ADHD most of my life. Um, I've I've and and misdiagnosed a million times, and I've had wow. to fight fight for my, you know, for my and academically, I had to fight really for uh, myself because we're the the educational system. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer, but um, again, I don't. It hasn't really changed that much um, in decades and decades and decades. Um, dealing with a very rigid system that sees it outside in, not inside out, and and a system that doesn't teach you how to really use your mind, right? How to understand how the mind works, right? In our, um, literally, and I could tell you a story, but I, um, you know, I had a fight it, because it made no sense to me. I mean, I was an advanced placement English honors history, communications wise, writing wise, I was a freaking rock star. Mm-hmm. But I was on the other end, mathematics and reading comp and, and, and um, these other things I was so weak in that um, they literally, it didn't make any sense to me how that's possible and how they wanted to kind of put me in another classroom in another building where right. I had all my friends in one built, you know, right. They still do that. Yeah. Like you're oh. segregated because you have a learning disability. Well, that's, it, 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 that doesn't mean anything. Einstein was dyslexic and had terrible learning disabilities. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, Elon Musk is probably on the spectrum. I have I have friends that are on the spectrum that have three PhDs and and you know, so yeah. Do, so for me, it was a I, I started believing the narrative that is made up about me, about my limitations, and about how much how much how, how stupid I am, how how um, incapable I am, in in the areas that I was weak in. Um, 
And it was kind of like I was having a schizophrenic, you know, kind of a schizophrenic day every day in high school. Like I had, t- I had tons of friends, you know, I, I had a kind of a normal existence in high school. Um, and, and for half the day, I was like, you know, getting A's. But that the other half of the day, it was like being in a dungeon because they wanted, you know, I literally had to fight tooth and nail to stay out of this one building because I said, no, you're not segregating me. You're going to figure it out. This is your job. My, my, our taxes are paying your salaries figure it out. And I say that, you know, East coast style, but right, I, I don't care what you, you got, I'm going to, you know, and I did that and I got myself in a lot of trouble playing lawyer for myself, mm. but cause no, you know, parents work, they don't have time to deal with. Right. Yeah. You know, I have a mouth on me, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. So I advocated for myself and I, I, yeah, I won't go into like, you know, how many times I told my principal, and this is a big high school. This is like okay. 3000 public high school. I didn't like, I didn't go to private school, you know, a normal kid. Um, and I, I just, and this is also in my book, but, but it was being a neurodiverse kid, not understanding why I'm segregated. And they wanted to put me in another building with people with, and there's nothing wrong with the, and there was nothing, all the, I mean, all the kids in, in the, in this building, most of them, besides the ones that, had, you know, um, you know, physical limitations that need to be. Yeah. But yeah. I'm talking about kids like me, kids that have, who are on the spectrum or kids that have learning disabilities, kids that just learn things differently or learn things slower, mm. whatever that is. Yeah. Right. right? And, and whatever neurotypicals are, what right. is that? What does that mean anyways? Right. Like, who's, who's creating the bar? Who's, where's the metric for that? Right. Um, and I don't care what, you know, and I've, and, and so for me, I didn't understand coming from, you know, my parents are, are educated. They're in the mental health profession too, which helps. So I kind of understood like how things worked from a, in, from an education perspective in the public, public schools. Unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't, <laughs> it led to a lot of turbans in high school, um, especially because of the fact that I wouldn't put up with it. Like you're not putting me in that classroom. Oh, you're too good for these people, huh, Sam? You know, the bullshit. Jeez, right? Yeah, so, that's crazy. It's happening. It happens. So, and a lot of kids don't know better because they think, you know, they're looking up to, to the, the adults. Yeah. They know better. They know something that I don't know. And I'm like, no, you don't, you don't know something that I know. Mm. You should know. I remember going to my guidance counselor once and I, I was really interested in anthropology and, and, you know, and she's, I said, so I really, I, I just wanted to, I was being a smart ass. I'm like, um, Terrible. <laughs> but looking back at it, it's kind of funny. I said, um, you know, what do you think about anthropology? What 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 is what can I do in it? You know, tell me what what do you, what is the anthropology? And she looked at me and she's like, Well, that's the study of anthros. <laughs> so so we have teachers that are well-intentioned, that mean well, that love their students, they're passionate about education, but they've been but unfortunately, through the politics of public education and through their own limitations, have been conditioned the wrong way, taught the wrong way. And this is not a bully pulpit. This is not my editorializing. But for me, having a brain that works differently, it was like I didn't fit in mm. to like on one end of the spectrum in terms of like math and, and chemistry and geometry and quadratic equation, all that crap. <laughs> all that crap. Right. Yeah. You know, other math people that love it. So I, I you know. And then on the other side, like history and writing and, you know, all the, the other part of the brain. Right. I was so good at. Um, and I'm not the only one out there. There's millions of kids out there that 
having a similar experience. So um, I'm going to hold on one second. No, you're good. So um, that's where I landed with that. And when I saw like sort of learning about neurodiversity, yeah. sort of learning about how the brain mind really works through the lens that my mind just works differently. And there are hundreds of millions of other people out there in the world that have brain, a brain that works differently. Mm. It's not a quote unquote neurotypical brain. Um, that was a real game changer for me because if I was the only person right on the planet that had my, that had an ADHD mind that just worked a little bit too fast for my own good. Right. You know, I would say there's something wrong with me. Like if I was the only person on the planet that had these right, symptoms, right. Quote unquote, oh yeah, symptoms wise. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> we need to treat that, but there's nothing wrong with you, Sam. You know, I've heard right. that so many times. There's nothing wrong with you, Sam, but we need to treat it. We need, you need to take this medication the rest of your life mm -hmm. and you need to do this, this. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. What do I need to treat? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the, or, well, actually, for example, can, would you mind also breaking down a little bit? Like just, sure a quick version of like what ADHD is. And then also I love how you, you kind of put in, you say like, it's more about reframing how we look at it as opposed to like feeling that it's something we need to fix. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really love that. So sure. if you could explain that, that'd be great. Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> you know, ADHD is, has been in the media, social media, and you can it'd be kind of blog for decades. Initially it was called ADD in the seventies and eighties. Um, and, and basically it's, it's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, when you, when you see, when I really talk, when I start talking about it and I will be, the parlance I use is that we're not attention deficit, we're attention different. Mm. So, so, so we're looking at it from, uh, the outside in, not the inside out. We're looking at it from a point of dysfunction when there's nothing wrong with us. Right. 100% nothing wrong with us. Right. Um, and so basically what, what the, the, if you Google ADHD, right? The first thing that comes up is damage to, to the executive functioning, to the prefrontal cortex of the brain damage. Wow. <laughs> there's, a, there's probably 300 million people, whatever, 300 million people out there that are damaged, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So that was the first part. So basically a person with ADHD, we, experience stimuli all at once right so right. imagine so ladies and gentlemen um if you don't have a if you don't have a neurodiverse brain cool awesome you know i, I like you know i i, I love coca-cola sometimes i'm great everyone's cool with that so imagine just like opening up your windows on on your on your um computer on your internet browser and opening up youtube and then opening up youtube 30 times and then playing different programs all at once, different videos all at once. Okay. Mm. That's what it feels like. Come it's, it's like technicolor, but it's wow. coming at us at all times. And so what our brain does, it's like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> you know, it's like it gets a little dazed and confused. It's like, this is really cool. Um, but I don't know what to do first. Right. I like that. That's pretty shiny right there. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. Well, that's all thought. So since we're living in a world of thought, we're not living in a world of our outside circumstances. We're never taught as ADHDers, like just to rule have discernment, like, okay, I got all this stimuli coming at me at once. Okay. What feels true to me, right? Is it the browser open all the way to the right browser four? Is it the second one? Is it the third one? 
and when we tap into our intuition, not our thinking about it, right? It just comes to us with intuition. We just, we don't have to think about it. It just comes to us, right? right. It's like gravity. Like we can depend on intuition. It's just like, oh yeah, that's it. I'm hundred percent true with it. We don't, there's no feeling attached to intuition. There's no, there's no, there's no um, good or bad feeling. There's no dopaminergic rush. There's no cortisol kind of foreboding, which people say, you know, that's, that, that's all thought and thinking. That's not, we can't trust any of that, but because people with ADHD have a very sensitive brain, because we do experience everything on a auditory level, many folks have sensory sensitivity. Like for me, like music is like my, my go-to because it's so strange. And there's a lot of paradoxical kind of um, um, things with ADHD. Like for instance, uh, if my girlfriend and I, or we, we go to um, uh, say a, a, an exhibit or something, or we go to um, a workshop and there's a break in a workshop. And we see a bunch of people we, we know, and we're like talking. My, I, my, my brain will pick up the guy, guy behind the guy behind the guy. And I'll be hearing his conversation that will bleed into our conversation. So the, even if he's not speaking loud, so we are hypersensitive sensory wise. doesn't mean that there's something broken. Right. This means that we have, you know, and because of the hypersensitivity, we also are extraordinarily uh, empathic mm. and ex- extraordinarily intuitive. And we're, because we, we, we have all this stimuli coming at us, we are high stimulus people. Like for example, what's the name of that guy? Um, he, he, he scaled the North face. Oh, uh, what's his uh, name? Alex Hanold. He's ADD. Oh, wow. Totally, and he's neurodiverse. Oh, wow. He's, and he's got a, you know, he's got an amygdala that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. super yeah. small, <laughs> yeah. um, super, super special. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah. To scale the North face of Cal uh, Capitan with no, no Man. equipment. So um, crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Well, that's one example. Um, we get so ADHD is is a whole bunch of different things. So, so so that's one piece of it. The other piece of it is because the stimuli is coming all at us, and we can't we we either will hyper focus on something, like because I love podcasting, I might hyper focus on something on on an aspect of podcasting, what I need mm-hmm. to do, and 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 have some a little bit of time blindness. Like I'll forget where time is gone. That's why I set timers. I'm looking at the timer now. Right. Um. Just just okay. Um, the other thing is, 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 um, overstimulation because if you think about all these neural windows open up in our brain, kind of like you ever see the movie, was it the Terminator? Like, he's like, you know, where's Sarah Connor, you know, like, it's like all those like messages going on in his mind's eye. Right. That's how we, we kind of experience things. Not like the Terminator. Right. Right. You know what I mean? The machine that we're that's working it's working so fast it's like an f1 race car you know it's like a high performance race car that is just already won the race it's gone it's already it's done it's already you know we already had the trophy we're walking away everyone is just starting the race wow. okay so there's hyper there's we have um hyper focus and we are high stimulus so like example um the gentleman who's you know what forgot his name again uh, alex handled alex handled um you know, he needs high stimulation in order to kind of really focus on stuff. I don't know if you watch the movie, you'll kind of see what I'm talking, pointing to. Yeah. Um, so we need high stimulation. Um, we're, we're kind of, our motor's always running. Like, I don't know if you've watched me, I've been going back and forth. I've been playing with my hands. I've been up and down. I've been pulling stuff. I mean, so, so 
it, it's not like there's something wrong with us. It's just our brain is constantly, the hard drive is constantly processing data, mm. right? So, so what they found was when I'm in there, so I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD initially. It was some, I can't even tell you what it means to this day. It's some kind of visual motor processing, something. I don't even know what it means. Right. That's kind of, that's how, how much they didn't really know. Right. And this ADHD didn't come out as a, um, in the DSM five, it, it's only been the last 30 years that ADHD became ADHD. It was just ADD. Right. Okay. Yeah. And back then, back in the early eighties, when I was a little kid, um, what they would do is they would give you a stimulant. So psychostimulants like Adderall and Ritalin basically for us have the opposite effect that someone who, if you took it recreationally, it'd be, you'd be cleaning the house and, you know, <laughs> yeah. running around like, a, um, it'd make you really hyper, um, okay. like too much coffee. Right. Mm. Well, for us, it makes us, it slows us down. We don't know why, but back then they didn't really have a lot of psychometric testing to really kind of, it was all experiential. So they would give you like Ritalin. And if you had a terrible reaction, which a lot of kids did, like it can make you depressed. It can make you mm. even worse. Um, then then uh, they would say, okay, that doesn't work. We know that we're going to just, so these kids are all suffering. They're basically guinea pigs. Then they're throwing another stimulant and another stimulant. I didn't, I wasn't officially diagnosed until, uh, over about 21 years ago. Wow. So wow. This whole, uh, you know, this whole period of time, and I'm not the, like, my story is not nothing special because there are a lot of other folks, millions of other folks have, have similar stories, but don't had didn't have the resources, thankfully that I had, um, that have, unfortunately, some of them believed all their thinking about themselves, mm -hmm. about their ADHD, about how they couldn't get their sh shit together. And, a lot of them are in prison. A lot of them are, are, are into drugs and, and died, you know, drug overdoses, suicide. I mean, it's so misunderstood, my friend. And it's so sad because it doesn't need to be that way yeah. at all. Right. It's, it's not, it, this is something that we could have taken care of. You know, when, when we finally figure out that say Johnny has a neurodiverse brain, right. Like I just, I had, I had a wonderful guy on a podcast episode. You should listen to it. Um, he has a podcast called um, Asperger's Growth. Mm, okay. Nicest kid. He's in the late 20s and he's on the spectrum. Sweetest guy, so sensitive. So part of also the, the Venn diagram with Asperger's and ADHD is the sensitivity. Mm. Like we are just really sensitive. Um, and, and it's funny, like yet, yesterday we were watching or two days ago, um, my partner and I were watching, you know, something that Netflix and it's like, I started crying. I'm like, you know, I'm a man, what's going on? You know, you know, it, it, it's, it, we're just really sensitive because yeah. we experience life all at once. Mm. So this gentleman, um, his name is Alex. So he, he's from the UK and the way he was able to harness his Asperger's, which has a lot of ADHD. Um, and I hate to use this word cause it's really not cause there's, there's no symptoms. It's just how okay. our brain works. Right, Symptomatology right. or right. features or, or um, how they work. Very, there's a lot of similarity. Yeah. Um, he, the way he was able to really get his mind, learn how the mind worked was through Taekwondo and through the martial arts. And he became this, instead of like, again, going to drugs or to crime or to God knows what else, he harnessed it. He learned how the brain worked through getting really quiet and really present. Yeah. Through, through martial the martial arts and it's 
I, I mean, I'm like, this, he's a total success story. Wow. But we're not told that. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, like if I had this, this, this information, I mean, actually, I wouldn't be talking to you because I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. a divine, you know, everything happens for a reason, but right, you know what I right. Mean. Yeah. No, that's so incredible. I, I love I think that's so important to really reframe that and to understand that, you know, um, for people who are diagnosed ADHD or know people that are diagnosed that and just understanding that you don't need to look at it through the framework that we've been given, you know, like oh. we, we can understand that, like, look, it's just like, I love the term neurodiverse. That's, that's an, actually, you're the first person who's ever said that to me. So uh, I really love that term. That's, that's incredible and a, a beautiful way to look at it too. Right. Because we all have different operating, you know, we, some of, some of us have, have iOS operating systems between our ears. Some of us has Android, you know, right, we all right. have, a, we all have a brain, but all of our brains work in, in terms of like maintaining, you know, respiration and all the stuff to, to keep the machine alive. Right. Right. This, this skin suit we're wearing, this, this meat suit we're wearing, but when it comes to, um, deeper processing, it's very different. Um, and, and why I have, I, you know, initially when I, once I learned and discovered how like mind works, how, how the system works and the principles, um, you know, I, part of me was like, darn it. Why, why wasn't I taught this a and mm. B all the years that I beat myself up and put my, myself through misery, my family through, you know, like, um, there's been a lot of like, but nobody knew like, yeah, no one, no one, all, everyone's conditioning is this is how it's, always done right right, right. how it's gonna be and this is you need to like adapt and overcome and that's bullshit and i use excuse my french if that's no okay. you're good you're good um and and that's be, being resilient is not about adapting and overcoming now obviously if you have you know god forbid you have cancer or some kind of physical issue yeah adapt and overcome but you know we all have our inner resilience here right i found that because i'm talking to you right now um mm. you know i found my inner resilience I it was always there, but I had to get through a lot of crap and noise in, up here in order to really see that that like life's got me, life's got you, life's got us. Yeah, you know, like yeah. we 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 really, and that's not some kind of Instagram, you know, no, realistic. Yeah. yeah, Tony Robbins thing. It's it's the truth. Once we see the the noise is the game that that is innocently the brain is playing to keep you safe and yeah. it's going to manifest very bizarrely sometimes. And that as the city bank says, you know, you must be neutral, which means like once you get curious about like, Hmm, how is that possible? Right? Like, yeah. You ever, you ever like watch your brain try to play like uh, fortune teller or, or <laughs> yeah. like Nostradamus, like predicting the future, like in right. you know, future fantasy future, you know, like fantasy football, like trying to predict where that's going to go. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. The can opener works. Yeah. But my point is, it's like our brain does all that because it loves us. It wants to keep us alive. hundred percent. But it just like a helicopter, helicopter parent, sometimes it's over the too much. Yeah. And it does more harm than good. If we can be the constant, uh, the conscious observer of that, you don't need to learn yoga. Though yoga is wonderful and, and yoga is healthy. You don't need to like, there's, there's nothing new to learn because it's built into all of us. Yeah. Our essential nature is, is well-being and 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 love and and uh, resilience like our default state and and you know this every sage every 
famous prophet named from Jesus to Buddha to the to everyone in between, right, had talks about this, but we don't pay attention to it because it's not exciting. Like, yeah, we, you know, human beings love a good drama. Yeah, hundred percent. What do you? Yeah, it's like I, my mother's been watching the the Guiding Light soap opera since 19, okay. you know, since it's been on for fifty years. Wow. Obviously, because human beings, we get addicted to drama. Yeah, we're, we're all we get so addicted to drama to the drama of life, innocently, because it's it's just like anything else that we habitually focus on over and over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. And, and when we habitually focus on stuff, we create, it creates all these new neural systems. Remember our brain is a machine that's throwing out all kinds of machine code and you, you train the brain or, or surround yourself with in situations or stimuli or the guiding light every morning. Right. Right. It's, you get sucked into the soap opera, but yeah. at any point you can walk out of the movie, man. It's yeah. a 60s term. Yeah, a movie of of the of when you see the cracks in in your own kind of movie, the brain is making up, yeah, and creating. Yeah, it's so great because you can always walk out of that movie. Yeah, even if the brain's like, what? No, 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 no. What? Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Right. Oh, right. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, well, that kind of actually leads me to uh, what I ended wanted to end off this whole podcast with because uh, I don't want to eat up too much of the time here, but. I wanted to ask you, like, what would be something you would recommend for people who are dealing with, um, it could be anxiety or even depression, or just sure. they, they aren't sure how to get their, get out of their thoughts, right? And, mm. and get, regain that control. What's maybe just like an easy practice that you would recommend, or even just a concept to ponder in gaining that control and freedom? Pay attention to the times when you're not depressed. Think mm. about that, what I just said there. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, the more you, and again, ladies, I, I say this because this is this asterisk disclaimer. This is the disclaimer under our podcast. Right. I, I want you all to, to search this out for yourself. Don't listen to me. Mm-hmm. Find this out for yourself. See if it clicks with you. But pay attention to the times when, when you're not depressed because we're not depressed all the time. Right. We're not anxious all the time. It's right. impossible. It's thought, ladies and gentlemen. It's thought. It's not personal. It's not anything. And your brain's going to tell you the reason why you're depressed is because of the breakup or because of financial issues or because of illness or because of this happened. But how's that possible? Because you can still have terminal cancer and still have a lot of happiness in your life. Mm-hmm. And then and you, some, some depressive thoughts come in, some old thoughts. The, you know, the brain is the ultimate tape recorder. The brain right. is, and the brain packages up trauma from 30 years ago. And it's a nice little package you know, it's like an Amazon package, you know, they, it comes to the door, it comes, right. you know, it comes into our mind's eye from, you know, how, how much you're a loser you were, how much you failed back then. And that's stopping you from writing the book you love, mm. right? Or, or yeah. because you have, because you're not well, um, that means that, you know, because you have a limited time on, on the earth, that it's not possible to do certain things. Or my point is, is like, get really curious when, when you're just getting quiet with yourself, like mm. go see, go, go get, Point to that space, the space before the noise. We all go there every day. We just don't pay attention to it enough because it's not sexy. It's not drama. Right. You can experience that when you're watching and when you're watching a Netflix show or you're reading a book or you're just sitting quiet. You don't have to do anything special. Like, what's 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 there? And that nothingness space that that 
that quiet space that all the great prophets talk about. That's mm-hmm. that's who we are. That's that's it's this ex, that expansive space uh, of limit of of unlimited intelligence. That's yeah. who we are. That we 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 drop into that space every day. We just don't pay attention to it enough. Whether it's eating a sandwich during lunch or driving to work or or just having a great conversation with your your wife or your your husband or your friend um, or your colleague it, it life is ordinary the, the ordinary moments of life is 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 the nirvana like we think enlightenment is and i posted this today it's such a cheesy thing on instagram that life is like like enlightenment is some kind of like big experience like you know like we need to go to on a pilgrimage we need to go to india or we need to do an ayahuasca ceremony and you know, performed right. by some shaman from Encino. Um, but actually enlightenment is, again, driving through that car wash and just watching the suds, the soap suds hit your windshield and listening to your favorite piece of music. That is nirvana because you're present. And the more you see the glitch in the matrix, the glitch in the system, that you can have some terrible health issues that you don't know if you're going to be around in a year, but you still get present even though things don't look great for you and you still have moments of laughter. If, if no one's depressed all the time, right. But, but mine, but thought fluctuates, mood always fluctuates and we can't rely on intellect because, because it's influenced by mood. You can't rely on the intellect. It has its limitations. And once you see like mood is mood, like, you can't, that's not something to depend upon, but what you can depend upon is underneath that space. Mm-hmm. Like if you're really caught up and overwhelmed and feeling anxious or, or depressed, that's the, the greatest barometer It's just telling you like, step off the gas. You're too yeah. focused. Yeah. You can't see, you can't see stuff clearly, man. Right. Like, holy cow. You, it's like driving through a fog bank with, 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 um, and your windshield is completely, you can't see in front of you. Right. But the fog is going to clear. And the other side of the of of um, of it is the sun, right? I mean, we are so capable of seeing this stuff, but we beat ourselves up for having this experience. Like we beat ourselves up for for this thing called psychology. Like why is it? We're so scared of our experience that we don't see like it's gonna clear. Like hmm. you can lose your shit. You can have a moment of this clarity. You can be depressed but it, it it once you point to the quiet once that quiet comes because it always does because that thoughts are moving through us it's like right. a ticker tape constantly moving through us and it's once you see that we are not our thinking we're not we're, none of that is us then it really opens up you know the gates to to a lot of like freedom and 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 um opportunity to to be just more present with ourselves and then we see that space before thought as michael neal calls it in the space with that book that y'all need to get yeah again i don't work for him but it's changed my life um that calm that quiet that you see when you do yoga or Mm -hmm. or when yeah so yeah yeah that's a long answer to (laughs) no that's beautiful though i i really i appreciate that uh i think it's such an important topic that needs to be discussed more and more and uh learning new tools to navigate it is priceless you know in 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 my opinion and so i really appreciate you for sharing that sam 
Oh, my pleasure. And, and one more thing before, you know, we end, I know we've went over today, but yeah, yeah, no uh, worries is, is, is this is the greatest litmus. Okay. You can wake up in the morning and be in a crappy moon by the end of the day, have the best day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, don't trust mood. Don't trust thought. Okay. Intuition is a clear signal. Intuition doesn't feel like anything. It's just a knowing. Okay. And when you have this unusual calm, pay attention to it more. This, this kind of, this unusual calm, this, this kind of contentment, you know, like, it's like, I don't know, like I, every time I have a, a really good piece of tiramisu, you know, that's the tiramisu is on, is automatic. Like yeah. we have tiramisu built into us. I mean, that'd be great if I could eat every day, <laughs> yeah. 400 pounds and have diabetes, but um, that that's all on offer there. Like our default state is tiramisu. It's, it's, it's not, um, you know, E. coli ham sandwich. It's not like stale bread. Our, our default setting is the most delicious, you know, Sunday with all your favorite toppings. That's there. That's there for all of us. We just don't pay attention to it enough because we, because we think that the calm is, is uncomfortable and, and the storm is what we should be paying attention to, which through our own conditioning is, is how a lot of us are raised. Like, it's kind of like living, moving to the big city, growing up in the country, and if you used to quiet and you know crickets and stuff. Um, the noise of the city is the th- thought and thinking. The crickets and the quiet is who you are. Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's so cheesy. <laughs> it's so tr- no, but it's so true. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Oh man, Sam, uh, man, you've been dropping knowledge Sorry, bombs this, dude. this whole Sorry, last man. hour. It's no, no, it's like I, I'm gonna need to go back and listen to this myself. So will I. Yeah, I, because I, I forget. <laughs> no, it's so think? good because we all forget, man. It's, 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 you know. And and the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that that have really suffered with ADHD, even as an, you know, listen, I think adult ADHD is is if 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 is it can be even more. Um, troublesome if you have an employer that doesn't understand or a partner that doesn't understand. I always say, and I heard this at a lecture with, um, there's a wonderful woman named Anita Morjani. She wrote a book called, um, no, I'm I'm sorry. I love her. She's so, um, she wrote a book called, I forgot the name. Got it. I forgot. Look up Anita Morjani. She wrote a book called, um, Anita, wait, she had a, she had a deal. She had a, um, a near death experience, an NDE. Um, that was, oh my God. Anyways, look up Anita Morjani, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, and so like she said, I had this question. This is one of the seminars I went to it was her and Michael Neal. And, and, you know, I was saying like, you know, I, I just don't fit in. I remember, I remember using my hand. I'm like, you know, I've always been that guy that always had the alternative explanation for stuff. I was that guy, you know? And she's like, well, you find your tribe dying to know, wait, dying to know i don't know the name anyways it'll come to me probably tomorrow um and and so we find our tribe like for those neurodiverse folks out there that even if you're i don't care if you're six years old 50 years old and and you know you feel lost because people with with adhd and other neurodiverse kind of stuff can have really feel overwhelmed and lost a lot of the time but then when we learn like it's that's thought too right, right. like like it's full of, it's still thought that's, it's all made up. Right. It's like, yeah, even, even folks that are quote unquote neurotypical forget too. We all forget. 
and then we remember again. Then we it's like a, the cha cha, you know. We yeah. Remember and then we forget and we remember and forget and that's life. But don't yeah. be afraid of your psych. Don't be afraid of your experience, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you, you're never going to win the game of thought. <laughs> it's, yeah. You can't stop it. You know, you can tap, do tapping all day long and you're still going to have thought. Yeah. <laughs> but you have, you really have ultimate agency over what thoughts you want to take on. Mm-hmm. Like think of thought as a salad bar, like your favorite buffet in Vegas and your favorite hotel. Like, you know, you're not going to eat 10 pieces of cheesecake and five pieces of steak. Just like the beauty of it is that you do have discernment. And mm-hmm. if you do mess up and forget, like, for ADHD folks, because we have all this stuff coming at us, sometimes we forget and we become impulsive and we talk over people, which I've done on during this conversation. And, and no, uh, you're, you're good. this is a platform for you yeah. to share, man. But, but it's, it's, it took me a while to see like how full of shit the intellect is mm-hmm. when it's trying to convince me otherwise that the true nature of who we are is well being, is love, our true north. Our essential nature is not in our intellect, and you know I remember like in the when I first got, got these 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 principles on board, I'm like oh my god, I feel like I can do anything. And I remember going, um, someone t- I was sharing with the principles, like I know better. I'm like oh, there's the ego right there. Like we all have this built into us. Like this is this is just how the equipment works. This is not like some technique, right? Like that's the greatest thing about this work. It's like I'm not trying to change people's ways of doing things. I'm trying to show, I'm showing people what they already have on board. They just forgot like we all do. Right. I mean, it's kind of like losing your keys, right? Yeah. And then you try looking for your keys. You're like, you know what? They were in the kitchen. You walk to the kitchen. They're not there. Oh, no, they're car. No, they're not there. You're looking on the rug, not there. And then you stop looking and you find them. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm talking about. Mm. You don't need to find this. It's right there. Yeah. And you know, you, my friend, you find it in, in you know, your yoga practice as a yoga instructor yeah. and as a health coach, Yeah. you know, you're dropping, you're, you're dropping in all the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, once you see the smoke screen, you know, it's like a, the smoke screen, like in the bond movie, you know, it's like the switch when the smoke screen is thought and there's nothing wrong with thought because it is the bridge between the world of the form and the world of that we yes. can't touch. Right. 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 But it's Google translate sometimes. And it, you know, it's like trying to speak to someone from a different country using Google translate. They're like, what did you just say? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially German. I don't know if you tried using Google. It's like, it, that's the it's worst pure miscommunication. Totally. Yeah. Tower of Babel syndrome. So, so I guess the one takeaway we can, we'll end with is once you stop like resisting your experience, Wherever you are in your world, whether you live, and again, one of my favorite talking heads songs is, um, you know, you, it's like same as it ever was, um, you know, whether you live in a shack tone shack or a mansion in Beverly Hills, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same um, because there are happy people that are poor in sub-Saharan Africa, and there are pretty miserable people that are rich. Again, I like money. I like I like stuff. I'm not saying right, right. But 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 so. If you can see the if you can see the the nonsense and the illusory nature of thought that the, that your supercomputer is creating, and that that you know the bigger the fear, the bigger the depression, the bigger the overwhelm, the bigger the illusion. That that once you like let go of the controls and just like oh I'm hyper focused. And, and depression really is like an overheating car. I look at it. It's mm. like a it's like a hair dryer. Like you ever like. And again, I'm going in a tangent, but just to end it, 
next time, ladies and gentlemen, you, you're staying in a hotel and like, I don't care how cheesy a hotel it is. The ones, you know, a three-star hotel with a hairdryer, right? And, and I've done this a couple of times where you, you know, you short out the hairdryer and all the, you lose all the electricity. That's kind of how depression anxiety is. It's like, we're trying to figure out answers to our problems, through our intellect, to the, we're overthinking our thinking. We're too zoomed into a problem. Mm. Hyper-focused, ADHD, hyper-focused, whether ADHD or not, we all do this. Um, that's when we start getting, our brain is like telling us through this weird check engine light called anxiety and depression, which sucks. I mean, it, see, that's the brain doesn't know the difference. It doesn't know. It's just throwing all kinds of shit at it. You know, oh, here, neuroadrenaline, cortisol, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and then we lose, we, we overheat. And that goes down that rabbit hole. Um, but once we see like the brain's not there to, to like make us suffer, it just doesn't know better. Yeah. Man, like, ladies and gentlemen, you're really anxious. And like, you know, that's a sign. Like, that's a sign. Like you're too focused on whatever you're focusing on right now. That's the problem. Pull back. Wait 20 minutes. Yeah. Let the, let the engine cool down. Then go. Go hither. Right. Save the world. So, yeah. No, that's incredible advice right there. A hundred percent. And a beautiful way to look at it too, is like, I've never looked at it as overheating or something like that. So no, Sam. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you so pleasure. much. This has been incredible. And Thank you. I, like you were saying earlier, this is not going to be the last time you and I are definitely not on each other's platforms here. And I'm going to, so, so when you come on, I'll shut up and then <laughs> that's and, okay. And I don't just, mind if you was, chime in, but, but um, yeah, man, um, it's, this is truly an honor being your podcast. You, you're doing some great things in the world. Um, and uh, you know, being down the road in, in Playa del Rey, which is really cool. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, can I just share my, my, uh, my podcast and stuff? Oh, hey, that's actually the last part is definitely like, let's let tell us where we can reach you. Where's the best place to uh, communicate with you and just yeah, anything you want to share, go for it. Okay, I'm like, now I'm not Bill Murray that just like, you know, here, Bill Murray doesn't have a social media at all. You know, they, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he has a phone number, like he's had since like 1975. Like, <laughs> nice. he'll like, he'll just like, if he wants to reach out to you, he doesn't have a cell phone either, by the way. Oh, wow. That's not me. That's not me. I, I have social, you know, yeah, that, you can you don't have to light a signal fire to find me. Um, <laughs> my, but my social media is um, Sam Led Consulting, Sam Led LED Consulting. Uh, website is samledconsulting.com, which um, kind of goes into more detail about my work and how I can be of service to 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 people out there that would love to retain me. Uh, my podcast is called The Fearless Now. Um, we've had we're doing really well. I mean, I've had it for a little bit over a year, and we're really I can't believe how much, how many downloads we're getting. I'm like, what? I mean, okay. <laughs> and, um, awesome. thank you. Yeah. And, and also Facebook, Sam led consulting. So awesome. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, re reach out to Sam, everyone, please tune into his podcast as well. It's incredible. Um, I just, for the last few weeks here, I've been listening to it and it's something I will be having on a daily or weekly rotation there. So, thank uh, you. yeah. Thank you so much for, for reaching out Sam and, and coming on for sure. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. You have a great evening and uh, thank you all for tuning in. Do everything with good intentions. You know how that goes. And we'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. 
Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this show is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.